0: awesome everybody welcome back to another episode of it is what it is podcast i am your host cody kelly look subscribe on the youtube page you want to keep seeing amazing content subscribe at the link below it's actually in the link i actually included it on this live stream i have an amazing episode today with an amazing guest first ladies on politics featuring none other than mother first lady deborah Fears. how are you doing today i'm great how are you doing Oh, I'm not too bad for just an old Kojic preacher. Not too bad at all. Not too oh, okay. bad. At all. <laughs> no, no, but I'm super excited. We have just ended um, the probably the most stressful presidential election series or season ever, right? I think yeah, we're all yeah. just exhausted. We're all just tired of it all. Yes. but there's you know a lot that led up to it, and a lot right. that has to follow. Right. So, I want to first start there. What was your thoughts on this whole uh, just election coverage from debates to just everything? there was so much unpacked. What were your initial thoughts?
1: Well, my initial thoughts were that it I can feel I can sense the uh, uh, the tension and the enthusiasm across the country and and people because, it was so much at stake and any and anybody that does not recognize the fact that this political uh, uh climate that we're in in this country and in and around the world is not critical uh and weren't focused in laser focused in on this uh uh on on this election um you know they they just they're not into it but it's more than just being into politics with this and even if you I found that even people that don't follow politics, like I like to follow politics, they they would ask me what what they saying, what you think, what you think, what they saying, what you think, because they were questioning, you know, what's going on, because they can see that things were really out of whack.
0: No, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. So as, as a first lady, right, you get to see it all and, and you have to have uh, a stance, right? Um, when you heard and Paula White, God bless her, world, right, praying, yeah. trying to, you know, call down heaven, praying to, I guess, our ancestors in Africa as if they were actually to help Donald Trump, right, right? Right. What was your thoughts when you heard the televangelist Paula White call down african angels <laughs> like yeah. just over everybody else is called out our ancestors and trying to intercede
1: well uh basically from from ex from my experience you know not having done a recent uh 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 theme study on on uh, angel uh angelic beings and 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 things of that nature but i do know that uh um it was suspect to me uh It didn't agree with my sensibilities or my spirit when I heard it. Number one, um, I know that angels do work, and I believe that angels do work in the earth realm, in the um, different layers of of heaven that they're ministering. They're coming back and forth before the throne of God. You know, they assemble themselves before the throne of God. They come back to heaven. I believe that angels are on assignment. Um, and certainly angels uh, are assignment uh, around about us. They're encamped around about us. So in that sense, uh, certainly uh, angels can have assignments. Now, whether I, in all of my 40-some-odd years of being around holiness and Pentecostalism, where we believe in uh, angels being on assignment and ministering, I have never, Heard anyone call a, an angel from one region to another region for a specific issue? That does not make me right. I just didn't feel it in my spirit as being right, and it was sus. You know, sus, I was suspicious of it. I'm not going to denounce her. I don't know what her uh, intent or her motive was because I was not. You know, I don't know that, but I do. I do sense a. a, a Hesitancy on why she uh, was given, or she felt like she was given uh, that particular way to uh, to call in messenger angels. Again, angels are on assignment. I've have uh, uh, heard of people calling on angels. I've actually believe I saw my angel. Uh, and there are warriors, you know that uh, Gabriel uh, and uh, Michael. They've been on assignment. Uh, uh, when uh, the devil was disputing uh, uh, about uh, Moses when he passed, and he wanted to take Moses' body, Michael came and said, "No, nah, you know that you take your hands off." So we know that they can be on assignment, but from my understanding, they're usually in a region, and they're usually on assignment uh, in regards to the to the word of God. I I wouldn't. See how angels would need to come from Africa to handle a situation
0: in the United States. Yeah, I mean, I feel like angels have like, hard territorial reasons. You know, I feel yes. like calling. You know, American. I wish I had my own personal angels. I want like <laughs> angels. You know, like angels that specifically only bless through Lotto. You know, or means like I never get those angels. I always get like you got to pay a right. report. I don't like those angels. So, is there is there like is there a divide? So, I had a chance and opportunity to watch uh, Roland Martin. He had on the Reverend Jamal Bryant, and then he had on William uh, Reverend William Barber. Um, yeah. And and there's this real tension. I mean, it's always existed, but I think now it's just imploded between the evangelicals and the quote unquote black church. Yeah. Is that a real thing? And then why is that?
1: Um. I I, I believe it's uh, if if we go back to the the early for even the early formation of the Church of God in Christ. If I just want to pick one denomination uh, under the Protestant umbrella, if we look at Church of God in Christ, from my understanding of history, Church of God in Christ history, um, when uh, C.H. Mason started the Church of God in Christ, he had many brothers of other uh, persuasions. Who came in under the umbrella of church of God in Christ? He was ordaining ministers, and in, they in and in they um, worshipped together. Different races, different ethnic groups, different cultures worshipped together, and he even ordained other ministers. Um, but at some point, they uh, there was a decision made by the um, um, uh, the other group, the, the majority group in this country, to separate themselves from Church of God in Christ, and then they started their own denomination. Now, not saying that to say this, there's always been uh, 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 opportunities where we were able to come together, and then it was opportunities where the enemy, and I'm just going to say it like it is, the Mm -hmm. enemy does not want us to have unity within uh, the body of Christ. Um, and, and I think that, and it showed, it, it shows itself at these critical junctures um, during, uh, when we have these uh, cultural and political upheavals, it shows itself. You know how you have on a, you can have on a, a dress that fits well or whatever, and you know, nobody can see what's going on, but then can get to a point where things get out of hand or that seam starts to stretch. And you had, had never paid attention to it before. And the next thing you know, there's a rupture. There's a dis, dissonance between the groups. So I think that that's what's happened here. And I, we've seen it down through the ages. Um, you know, we've seen it down through the ages. But I think this particular um, uh, president and then the direction that the Republican Party decided to take uh, in regards to supporting this president, really showed the 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 the, the divide, the divisiveness of uh, Christian denominations. Oftentimes, and I'm I'm running on should do uh, I won't do sound bites. But oftentimes, when when you talk about uh, evangelicals, uh, the majority population, they're not even thinking about African Americans, and you know. And in uh, in in the Kojic Church and in uh, Christian uh, Pentecostal denominations in general, uh, we're pretty conservative. We are pretty. Uh, um, we we uh, evangelical means to evangelize, to spread the gospel, to tell the good news. So certainly we agree with that. So where do the divisions come in? Where do the divisions start coming in? Um, When other things that doesn't have anything to do with uh, 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 gospel and uh, promoting the gospel comes in and they take uh, first and center, front and center in that particular group's uh, uh, dogma or what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So um, saying all that to say this, I think that there's a really critical divide. And I think a lot of us um we were drawn to and i've heard so many people say it down through the years you know how come we don't do like the the predominant or the majority group do within our churches so uh you know they're building hospitals they're build, they have universities they have this and and the other uh why don't we do it you know and then when um racial integration allowed us, we went back to associating ourselves with that majority population um, because we thought that that showed some status, I think, in moving ahead. I'm going in like four different directions, but it all come back in. But the bottom line, I think, is that when it gets down to it, uh, as African-Americans or uh, black and brown population or people of color, um, they we have to understand that we're not a, a monolith. We're, we don't all believe the exact same thing, although we're all Christians and we all profess to be uh, uh, following uh, the precepts and example of Christ, but you have to be critical uh, and suspect when 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 some people can uh, be all fired up over one or two uh, issues, you know, right. but two or three others, it doesn't bother them. It doesn't bother them that we're being disenfranchised. You know, I don't mind. I want you to vote and I want you to let me vote. You know, mm-hmm. I want to live in whatever community uh, I'm, I can afford to live in or that I would choose to live in um I, I don't want you being afraid of me moving to a quote unquote suburb cuz you right. think I'm going to do something to you you know and if if we are christians like we say we are we wouldn't have those issues
0: do you do you think that uh the way that the kind of evangelical talk track um has manifested itself has that hurt um Christianity as a whole, right? Like when you go to evangelize and, you know, you're reaching out and you're trying to connect with any and everybody, right? And then they ask you, well, you know, I I wouldn't have a problem with Jesus except, uh, you know, this particular group that says that they love Christ too. Uh, you know, is, is against immigration, uh, is against, you know, uh, fair housing is against economic policies that would benefit all as in gets really equality just overall. And if they're supposed to represent Jesus, why should I join? Right? Like, have you had to have that conversation lately? And then, and if so, how do you pivot?
1: Well, uh, definitely. Well, what, one of my uh, go-to, uh, groups especially on the uh, coming up to the election and during the election night I had I had uh, I was texting three young people on 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 my iPhone I was in in Martin's chat room uh I was talking to my brother off and on by phone call I had Fox News on I had MSNBC I had CNN going back and forth you know just to get I, I like to have a well-rounded um sense of what different Individuals' viewpoints are, and um, and so what I what I begin to see is is that we've come to the place in this country where we um, the, the the it's not it's not the media per se, but it is the 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 role of the communication devices that we use and getting these messages out, and we get so many despair and so many different messages and people that don't really read the bible they just heard somebody preach something one time or heard this man say something one time uh then they 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 don't understand what's going on there's so many opinions out here but uh but i think that uh with the evangelical church i'm i'm i believe that there, there there's going to be a i'm not prophesying it just <laughs> i have a feeling that um there's going to be a greater divide in within the um majority population evangelical church and the african-american community i think that just like kojik had to break off from the assemblies of god in Mm -hmm. the early 1900s i think some of that's going to happen again with these evangelicals because i used to you know Uh, Love, You know, we were all on different, uh, watching the different channels, the different um, televangelists and those that were, you know, saying most of the same things we were saying. But then when it came down to um, whether or not, you know, but I don't want you to live in my neighborhood or I don't want you to be able to have a free and uh, open election. I don't want, uh, Mm -hmm. I want you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps like we had to. Well, no, you never had to do what we've had to do in this country. You know, Uh, we didn't didn't even have the boots to pull ourselves up on our bootstraps in many, many places. Um, And so there's a lot of things that prevented us from being able to have the success that they were having in this country. Uh and so now they feel like they're being disenfranchised because uh they see uh they thought that we were progressing or that the government was giving us more uh assistance and they weren't getting as much.
0: No, that's, that's uh, the myth I say of, of hard work, right? This I'll pull mm-hmm. yourself by bootstraps. It's like, but you at the homestead act, you have the GI Bill, like that's reparation, like you know, this. It's it's, it's 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 literally like just the wrong messaging. When you think of you know uh, our brothers and sisters, I was watching you know all the way leading up until when they finally declared President elect uh, Biden the winner. You know and they
1: claim like, they haven't uh, declared it yet. <laughs>
0: right. I was watching TBN and you know Kenneth Copeland Ministries. I'm not <laughs> like you had people prophesying that yeah. Trump would win. You know and like. What bothers me is that I'm not saying because God has used prophets to speak to policy. I mean, it's all throughout yeah, the Bible, all throughout absolutely. the Book of Kings. But I don't think there's a lot of Elijahs just walking around or Isaiah's, right? And then you know when mm-hmm. he saw the king when Uzziah died, he saw the Lord. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's happening too often. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, uh, but when you see that, isn't it a little uh, disingenuous? Doesn't it take away? from the gospel messages, like instead of all of this and, and these so many different issues, you know, you're focused on one person who is absolutely harmful, you know, like what, what, you know, like how does that just make you feel? And then we'll pivot to Joe Biden in a little bit.
1: Okay. Well, what, what I kind of thought about it and, and what I think about in regards to politics, because I'm I, I'm, I'm, I'm a person, I've always been interested in politics, not not as a candidate, or, but just as a regular citizen, but also uh, as a Christian, um, what, we, what, what we're supposed to be about as Christians, as people of God, is to promote uh, kingdom work in the earth realm. We're supposed to make sure that if there's a, a person in need, not just social issues, but if that person needs uh housing, if that person needs uh health care, if that if, they, if it's if they're sick. And and when I even think about the story of the good Samaritan, the key, one of the keys to that story that I like to have people pay attention to in regards to politics, is the Samaritan was the one that stopped to help the man that was injured. It wasn't the other uh uh um Uh, quote-unquote Jewish people or anybody that came by. It was a Samaritan. What's uh, critical about the Samaritan? Samaritans weren't supposed to have anything to do with Jewish people. He he was more, uh, should have been more emboldened to lead a man on the side of the road, but he stopped and he helped. Why? Because the core of what Jesus wants us to do, and the core of that parable is, is that we have to love our neighbors as ourselves, and whatever we need to do to make accomplish that—that's what kingdom work is. Making sure that people know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that um, th- that we do God's will, His ministry, His kingdom on earth. Now, jump back to politics. Uh, so, if that particular candidate, if that particular candidate is not about um, uh. I'm not talking about them doing kingdom work because they may or may not be
0: right.
1: Uh, right. A, a Bible believer or saved, as we say. They may not have salvation. But what are they going to do to further uh, uh making sure that people have what they need so that people can eat, so that people have houses, so people can have health care? And if they're not about those kinds of things, or they feel like they they don't it ain't got nothing to do with me. I got mine, you get yours. Then that's probably a candidate that I'm not interested in. And uh, with with the uh, with Kenneth Copeland and them, I mean, it's always been. Now, now I hear some people say that prosperity ministry, and they try to equate that. Is that I don't think that he has a prosperity ministry because we I believe the same thing too. If you give, it'll be given back to you 30, 60, 100 fold. I believe in, you know, if, if, you, if you pay your tithes or if you give your offering to the, uh, in, to the service of the Lord for kingdom work, for ministry work, to uh, even assist the man or woman of God. I believe that mm-hmm. that's called for in the Bible. But I do believe that it's, it's not, a, it's not a, a negative connotation on somebody's character. If they're not able to accumulate wealth, if they have not been able to to ascend to the highest uh, realms uh, of leadership, so that's what politics is all about. Politics is the is the uh, is the art or the process of speaking truth to power. It's supposed to be. It's the art. Uh, it's the opportunity for individuals at a lower state to have some type of effect or efficacy on those that are in power or in government places or, or government officials. Most of us um, are not billionaires. And so a billionaire might be able to affect some kind of uh, influence on the government. Uh, but but we can come together as in the millions and thousands of us, the me- thousands and millions of us did, and vote Mm-hmm. And our vote can carry the weight and the power of a of a billionaire. So um, that's the that's the importance of us being aware uh, of politics and what the value of politics can be. And as a Christian, I don't think we have to separate uh, the set. There's a separation of church and state, but there should be no separation in our mind of how influence and political power, we should be able to speak truth to power or effect truth to power. And I think that's what's important about politics.
0: Oh, awesome. Um, well, awesome. Awesome. look, I'm making no, um, I, I don't I don't pull punches. I voted for Joe Biden, right? I like, um, you know, I, I think him and, and um, Madam Vice President-elect Kamala Harris was just the right choice. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think you can argue it either or, right? <laughs> but, um, so that's what I voted for. And I was excited, you know, I'm motivated, but a feeling came over me uh, and I think after Saturday, like Sunday, uh, that we have to make sure this just isn't a symbolic gesture, right? Mm -hmm. Like I I, I totally agree, you know, it's about time we've had a, a female woman vice president, you know, we need a woman president. I totally believe in that. But I also think if we're not careful, Will lose all the energy that we built up, right? So, January 20th, he comes into office. What does Joe, what does President elect Joe Biden have to do? I mean, like, what is absolutely essential? Like, this is the first thing he has to do before he takes a meeting with the Joint Chiefs, uh, before he gets the nuclear codes. He has to do this. What is that?
1: Uh, was well, certainly, uh, the, the pandemic and addressing the uh, the health inequities and disparities and uh, that's associated with this pandemic. Uh, it, it's it's not it's not it doesn't go without saying when Barack Obama came into the came into office. He came in under the worst economic uh, downturn uh, in the United States had had since the uh, Great Depression. So now we have. Uh, Biden coming in, Biden and uh, Kamala Harris coming in, and they're coming in at a time where uh, one of the uh, most troubling pandemics uh, across this country and across the world and the effects of the pandemic. So he has to address that. Uh, In that sense, uh, how he he addresses it is going to be crucial. Certainly uh, there's going to be uh, all of the health disparities that we've seen that we knew were there. Uh, I worked in social service and health, so- social services, uh, health management for 35 years or so. And I knew that there were health disparities, you know, that they uh, everything from children uh, and families not having access, access to uh, healthy foods and all the way up to not having good health care not having access to uh, uh, the information that they needed in order to have uh, healthy lifestyles. So we always knew it was going to be disparities. We always knew that there's uh, a um, disproportionate number of African-Americans or people of color who work in essential services. So when all of those numbers start coming back about African-Americans and and, uh, those of uh, color, were uh getting COVID uh at a higher percentage than uh others. I mean, those were the individuals that had to keep going to work. A lot of them that couldn't stay home. I mean, they they're doing, they were working in the fields, a uh, field and jobs that required them to keep going out there and not, you know, shelter in place and lockdown and ooh, I'm I'm working on my computer today, you know, that kind of thing. So um, we knew that there, it wasn't just the fact that they were African American and uh, people of color. And then and they tried to put it on obesity. And I'm not saying uh, when they looked at all of the risk factors of um, uh, people who were dying from COVID, uh, I think it was about five or six of them looked like I had four of them, Brother Kelly. I'm like, man, like they got me all lined up in here, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, the bottom line is it's about the way healthcare. Is apportioned in this country. He's got to take a handle on that. He's not for um, universal health care, so I'm hoping that this uh, the Supreme Court doesn't um, you know knock down and uh, really take uh, an Affordable Care Act out. But if he if they don't and they leave it intact, then I believe that the most critical thing for him to do day one is to start on working on the pandemic to stop talking all crazy and 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 uh, be the person to use the bully pulpit to talk about wearing these masks and getting this pandemic under control and it can get under control if they would listen to the scientists like I said I worked in health management and we didn't have the uh coronavirus which is uh airborne but we but I was working in head start uh, over 7 Centers, over 750 children training teachers and staff to keep make sure their healthcare is intact and their uh, sanitation services and things were intact in the uh, Joliet-Will County area. And I can tell you, we went through H1N1, we went through SARS, we went through uh, the um, other virus that, that, that causes uh, the intestinal diseases. So it's a lot of things that we've been through. A lot of people didn't know uh, uh, that they were going through them. There was a, a big resurgence of um, um, diphtheria that came through a few years ago where adults were actually contracting diphtheria and they were uh, giving it to uh, infants and mothers who were having young, had young children and the young children were being hospitalized and some died. So we've always had these health um Issues that come up, but the bottom line is they weren't ignored. You know there were policies put in place, clear policies. Uh, The CDC was the gold standard. You could go online and pull up a CDC regulatory guideline for almost anything you had to deal with. I mean, and it would change day, uh, every day, every week as they got more information. They would post it, and you could follow it to keep people safe. Well, we had a gentleman, uh, the, this president that now, uh, his hopefully will not hopefully will be out of office come January twentieth. Who just totally ignored, right. totally right. ignored what the scientists were saying. So that's that's the number one thing. And jobs, and right. jobs, jobs with uh that pay a hell a living wage, pay a living wage. And I never thought about somebody. Making fifteen dollars an hour, uh, I, I never thought that it would be important. But you know what? When when that lady or that gentleman bring me my groceries, when I pick up their phone and order, you know, order my groceries Instacart or whatever oh, I'm God. using, and they bring them groceries to my house, I am so happy. I am ecstatic, and I want them to get their fifteen dollars an hour.
0: Yeah, you know. Amazing. It should be twenty.
1: (laughs) When we talk about
0: right? When when it comes to that, and we'll we'll shift to the economy. Want to tackle this last question for uh, in in health? Um, You know, there are believers who don't believe in medicine. You know, there's Christians that don't. I mean, like they have a very negative stance. They feel like it's it's not faith if you take medicine, right? It's not a you're not operating in faith, which is mm-hmm. you know, everybody has a title to their opinion, right? I'm not mm-hmm. here to argue that. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though I believe God has gifted humanity with science and it, therefore it is faith, but okay, you know. So if, you know, Pfizer released this week that they're 90% complete uh, or that their their vaccine takes care of 90% of uh, the ailments that would be associated uh, with COVID 19. So basically they're kind of in that last phase, right? And we're building up to right. basically release a vaccine, probably. I would say it might be out uh, as early as Christmas, New Year's, right. definitely before March of 2020. Right. Um, the the vaccine comes out. Do you, as a leader in the body of Christ, do you tell your congregation to get vaccinated, right? Is that something that should be stated over the pulpit or is that out of bounds for the church?
1: Um. I don't I don't think it's out of bounds for the church to provide as much information to our uh congregants as possible. Um and then they should be able to make that decision. Personally myself, I think that a valid uh vaccine that's been proven that's not been shortchanged going through the process, but actually been tested the way it's supposed to be and appropriate and where um a um, uh, panel of scientists agree that that particular vaccine is has some efficacy uh, at 91 percent. You can't hardly beat that measles. I told you, I'm familiar with children. Me, Meas- the measles uh, shot that we've been getting give- giving children for years is only 95 percent effective, you know. Uh, and flu shots sometimes come in, came in at less than that 89, 87 percent. So, to have a vaccine for this particular virus that's coming in at 91 percent uh on average is is tremendous it is tremendous uh what i think uh that uh, it's just like last week last few weeks Pastor appears was saying you know i want everybody to to that can and will go out and vote you know i want you to go out and vote if you if you had if a few weeks ago if you haven't registered, make sure you register. If you don't know where your polling place is, find out where your polling place is. If they have early voting in your area, everybody go to vote. It's your right, you know, and he and he promoted that. And I would think he would do the same thing in, in regards to a valid, uh, well-tested vaccine. He wouldn't say, go get it. If you don't get it, you ain't saved or uh, nothing like that. But it's there, and it's an opportunity for the to use it, And you should, and you you should, uh, um, um, get it done. It's gonna help everybody. It's gonna help everybody. I, uh, um, I've seen in the last few years, uh, like I said, in working with children and families about the uh, parents taking their children back to get their immunizations and things of that nature, and they refuse to get them because they had heard that the vaccine was causing, um, um, hyperactivity or that the vaccine was causing autism and different things like that, which was false information. And that's what we have to be concerned about, making sure that if we got clear information, clear studies that have been done, um, and that everybody can read what's been, what's been, uh, uh, um, tested and it's going through all the trials. I think it's, uh, I think we should be able to recommend that uh, the congregants and the members get the vaccine. I think we should be able to recommend it. Now, if they don't get it and they won't believe God, that's their right. You know, that's their right. Uh, But I believe that God uh, uh, gives man the intelligence and he will give man uh, the ability to. to address these issues. And I, and I always thought uh, with this pandemic uh, that God was going to give it to somebody. He was going to give it to somebody, what to do, how to do, because this thing just is, it's not new to earth. It's just new to, to this area. It's been hiding right. over there in them bats <laughs> somewhere on the on, in the Asian continent. Uh, and they had it, you know, and somehow or another it got into the, uh, The human chain, and it's now being distributed all over the world. And because it's a novel virus, it's new to everybody. Then that's why people are so sick. They didn't have any uh, treatments. They don't have. They don't know how the virus acts. What it does. What's the long term effects. So that's all what's going on here. Uh, But uh, I believe vaccines uh, work. I believe that they can be beneficial to mankind. I mean think about it. I'm a boomer. I'm a boomer. I'll be 65 in December. Yay. But I can remember some of my classmates that had withered limbs or who were crippled from polio. You guys, you don't have that, you know, that, you know, memory because it, it wasn't a part of your uh, up, up, up being around. And I was born and raised in Chicago. I have, I'm not from down yonder. I'm not down from you know, nowhere, nowhere but Chicago, and I had classmates who had uh, withered limbs and were had some paralysis because of polio. So when they herded us all up in those gymnasiums and in those parks and different places until and, and gave us them in, um, inoculations, we were glad to get them. Because our parents, that's all these to tell us, don't play in that dirty water. You're going to get the polio. That's all they do. <laughs> don't play in the dirty water. You're going to get the polio. So when it came, when nobody run around talking about we ain't going to take the polio uh, shot. So uh, we have to be careful what we um, denigrate and downgrade uh, when the Lord have uh, necessarily told you that. But again, if one have faith. And believe that they can eat herbs, and the other one don't think they can eat herbs. And one, you know, right,
0: hey, right. don't
1: eat none.
0: <laughs> I love it. That's that's actually that's Bible right there. So <laughs> let's, let's let's shift to the uh, to the economy. So, um, you know, I have very progressive ideas, right? Personally, mm-hmm. I you know I believe the Viper-
1: AOC. <laughs> yeah, I, I AOC? Am. I'm a
0: totally <laughs> version of AOC. I really am, um, but you know, I, I do believe in the five for 15. I do believe mm-hmm. that places individuals right above the poverty line. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I get it. You can't force, uh, especially on smaller businesses, such a demand. I think that's easier for like a Walmart, uh, an Amazon, you know, or, you know, like your larger uh, enterprises that have the capital uh, to do that. Uh, right. But at the same time, Income as a whole has to rise or these uh, not standard, but but the the cost of living has to decrease. So mm-hmm. what I've been always a proponent of and since Andrew Yang has mentioned it is universal basic income, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's five hundred dollars a month, whether it's a thousand dollars a month, uh, where whether it's preferred uh, at two thousand dollars per month, what it basically does, it offsets a lot of those imbalances. So if you keep the cost of living the same, you add or put in $2,000 a month per adult in the household. So, you know, $4,000, you know, uh, uh, like April and I, right? That'd be an extra yeah. 4000 So, yeah. you know, all those things, you know, flat tires, you know, emergencies, that kind of goes by the way. And the money basically gets reinvested back uh, into the economy because you're going to spend it. You're, you're going to yeah. save some, but you're going to spend and take care of what you have to take care of. Right. Should should the body of Christ or is that more of a of an individual thing should we push uh for more uh or a subsidized income for the federal government because I know as if, if you come like you said if you're a conservative that's an automatic no right like a lot of people are like what but the reality is there's too much disparity I mean we've always had gaps but now we have right. Right, like yeah, yeah, trillion dollar corporations, we have billionaires trying to become trillionaires, and at the same time, you have this deepened state of poverty. Do you think universal basic income is a good idea? Yeah, um, I I love some of those ideas that
1: uh, Andrew Yang, uh, who was uh, one of the candidates for president, that he put forth, thought they were excellent. Um, getting getting being able to move from Andrew Yang to where we are now is, is is a is a great gap. Look, the United States has the uh, one of the highest uh, uh, GDPs in the in in the country. I mean, in the world, one of the highest uh, gross uh, domestic product production, one of the biggest in economies in the world, uh, but only the top ten percent uh, actually. Uh, the, the top ten percent control most of that capital and then another 50 the next the next 50% of them uh so that's the top 60% basically control most of that capital everybody else uh we we diminished the the middle class the middle class think just think about it uh when uh probably when when you when your grandfather was coming along uh and 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 and, and um and 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 your mother my, not as much but your grandfather when you could actually get a job, you know, working at a company um, and work at a Ford or work at a Lever Brothers or different places like that and be able to take care of your family. Now, he had a degree, he was a little bit more advanced, uh, Bishop Marshall was, but still you could get a job there and be able to buy a house, take care of your family, uh, help, hopefully help send your children to college. Now we got jobs where they barely pay, barely pay a living wage, um, not enough money to uh, the, the health care costs are escalating, food costs, uh, housing costs. Everything is escalating and, and nobody is accountable for 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 the uh, income loss. Um, it, it, it doesn't make sense either. The the, uh, the uh, com- companies or corporations or the small businesses are going to be able to have subsidized wages again for their workers or the government is going to have to do something because the government is going to pay for it anyway. If people are not able to make a living wage to pay for health care, then their health care needs are either going to go unmet. They're going to end up in an emergency room where going somebody is paying for that. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to uh, end up on unemployment lines, unemployment rolls, where they can't find jobs, things of that nature. They're not making enough money. They, you, if you don't have a can buy real estate, that's that's even. I don't care how big your house is, whether you split level, by level, you know, four, five bedrooms, two or three uh, uh, attached garages. If you can't have that basic income to generate some wealth. You don't even have money to uh, maybe start a business yourself or to send your children to college. So those inequities, look, when we when they sent that stimulus packet out, package out, I had typed, wrote it down somewhere, but I don't see it right now. When they sent that stimulus packet out, those quote unquote, and I don't think those people are more so conservative is that they just mean spirited. Because that twelve hundred dollars was supposed to last for ten weeks, and that the, the six additional six hundred dollars that they was giving individuals who were unemployed because of the pandemic, uh, was one of the lowest amounts of money of the top tier, uh, GDP countries in the world. Canada was given gave their citizens seventeen hundred, I think, plus dollars a month. And that went on until until they, this pandemic is over. So did the other uh, c- uh, countries across the world, gave monies out. But we sit up there fighting about it, you know. What, what, what do they think if people are not able to work, where are they going to get that income from? Where is it coming? The states don't have it. And the states are spending uh, an, inordinate, an inordinate amount of money um, trying to... Um, you know, get their schools ready so that the children can go back to school to pay for PPE. All of those kinds of things, the state, which was not in their budgets. So when when uh, our uh, former president was hollering about the blue states and the blue governors that uh, was just on a spending spree, no, they had to take care of a lot of things that the federal government have the resources and the monies to do. I think we need to pay people a living wage. It doesn't make sense. And you write the larger corporations. They never should have been allowed to do it. But we in this free market um, society and uh, it's it's the mentality of and it's always been that, you know, um, if you do something for somebody. You know, uh, entitlements, they call them, but they're not entitlements. But uh, because somebody is paying for that, you know, we, they've, uh, they, they, uh, but if you do something for somebody that they didn't actually work for, then, you know, that makes them lazy. And that makes uh, the connotation of their, you know, they're riding on somebody else's coattails, which is not the case. Uh, I would venture to say that when they, when we were slaves <laughs> and we were out in the field, Somebody was riding on our coattails, because we was doing, we was doing all the work. And then once they could no longer use us in the fields and not pay us, then it was like, "Get up and go, mm-hmm. Get out of here. No provision, no forty acres in a mule, not even a road map where you where we was when we were supposed to go. Right. and then right. and then all of the things after the Jim Crow era and the civil rights era. But when when African Americans are able to work, um, and they find out that there's a place that's hiring, what do you think the uh, whole emphasis of the Great Migration, uh, from South to North, uh, when uh Mr. Ford said in Detroit, "Come on up here and get one of these good jobs making these cars," them brothers and sisters was getting up out of that South going North to get those jobs. Same thing in Chicago with all the steel mills and. The factories and things, same thing in the New York area. So when there are good jobs available, African-Americans and minorities, they want to work and they want to see the fruits of their labor uh, by buying a home and having a good car. Um, You know, I could go on and on. but But the bottom line is that's what grew this country. That's how we grew the middle class by the hard work of African Americans and minorities. And uh it's no other way that uh this country is gonna be successful with leaving a whole swath of people um uh, without a means to uh to uh generate wealth.
0: Oh that was a boss give us our reparation but <laughs> i <laughs> I appreciate it I want to thank my guests so much. Thank Where you. can they connect with you? What are you doing?
1: Oh, wow. I'm excited. Uh, certainly with at Redeem uh, uh, Evangelist, uh, <laughs> Redeem Enrichment Ministries in Joliet, Illinois. Uh, you can find us at Uh We're going on um, higher and higher. Uh, uh, Elder Eugene Fiers Jr. is my pastor and superintendent, and uh, I'm excited about the new Jubilee Fellowship, amen, Illinois Jubilee Fellowship that's starting uh, in the next few weeks or days. It's going forward with uh, Pastor Fears and a number of great, great uh, elders and leaders that are going to be coming together to join this fellowship, and we're just looking to have a great time in the Lord. So uh, you'll be hearing more about the Illinois Jubilee Fellowship and certainly Redeemed Church of God in Christ in Joliet, Illinois.
0: Awesome. Look, Aww. never film, they're an amazing church. They have an amazing first lady and mother first lady, Deborah Fears. They have an amazing pastor, Eugene Fears. I feel like uh Redeem is my second home. I feel like even though I'm not a member, I'm an honorary <laughs> member. Plus, Evangelist Chrisanne Moore said I can sing in the choir. And Elna Maurice uh, has already said he has promised me a solo. So I've been working on my vocal arrangements come on, come on my on. to Mike, and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to lead all praise and worship songs. <laughs> the episode it's
1: been episode. next
0: yeah. week's episode, we are doing a special episode on the holidays. It's going to be a fun oh, one. Wow. I have another yeah. fitness episode coming because, guys, I get it. The holiday season is here, but this isn't the time to just – destroy all dieting. So we got <laughs> it for the beers. Thank you so much. You guys until Thank next you time. Thanks so much for having me. God bless you. God bless. Bye. God bless. Bye.